0: Welcome to the Sunday Times Politics Weekly, where we unpack the week's big political stories. My name is Mike Siluma. For our top stories this week, we'll start with the fate of the former president of the Republic, Jacob Zuma, whose foundation is asking for donations from you and I towards his mountain of legal fees. After that, we'll talk about the latest unemployment statistics released by Stats SA, which paint an increasingly bleak picture for the country. Uh, let's welcome now our uh, guests, uh, William Gumete, who's the associate professor at the School of Governance at Vets University, as well as uh, Stambi Somsomi, who is, of course, the editor of uh, the Sunday Times. Yeah, see, I've got
1: to all, uh, man. This icon is racist. I've never, ever been a spy. Can
2: Please. the PBS bank uh, loot? The problem is that, Pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. Oh. I'm listening. Can you have consistency Honourable Chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a, a shit. arms. Can you please come in?
0: Let, let, let me start with uh, with, with, with you, uh, Mr. Msomi, Ms. the the former president is asking for money through his his foundation. Is it, is it surprising? Uh, for me,
1: it's not surprising, although I do not believe that he was in such financial trouble that he needed to be out there fundraising. But I think it, it, it does two things. It may be that it, the, his, um, Zuma Foundation does need, um, some donations from the public, but I think it's also a very useful tool for, for keeping his story in the public's mind uh, and mobilizing and and campaigning for him. I mean, they've been selling him as a victim who's um, detained without trial, as they put it, uh, who's unconstitutionally imprisoned. And when they go out to say they're looking for donations, I think it's along those lines that he is a victim. So I think that's
0: what they're trying to say. Yes, yes. They, they, I I was struck, uh, 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 Prof, by by the fact that, you know, in their communication, they keep uh, appealing to South Africans and the international community. Why, why, why do you think they're doing
2: that? Um, I think, you, you know, I think it's mobilising strategies. So, you know, it's almost a political campaign at a different level. Um, you know, I wouldn't know whether he would need the money, but I mean, still uh look it's it's almost a bit of a genius of the campaign itself uh by he's also testing his support also across the country at the same time while he's of course you know uh, mobilising um keeping his uh, his name um out there but he's, i think it's also opening up for donations uh, from abroad uh, abroad i mean clearly he seems to have supporters abroad i mean there's there uh, may be supporters we don't know in Russia maybe in China. Um and so on. So he, he really is um there's also of course expatriates Africans outside um and so on. So I mean he, he also I suspect have a lot of support in Africa, you know, so many African states uh, of uh, leaders who support him and who would be willing to put in uh, money um, into his coffers.
0: And the, the, he he seems to be fighting his uh, his legal battles on many fronts, you know. Uh, what what would you say? I mean, he's got he's got the Concord case, he has got the Arms Deal uh, charges, etc. Et, et what what do you think is his end game, uh, Mister Mzomi?
1: Well, I think basically now the real case is the is the is the case that caused all the the troubles for Mister Zulu. Which is the corruption case, which is now the case in, in Peter Marisbeck. And I think it has always been his strategy that he will try and fight that, that case never really gets to a point where it is, uh, I know that he said he wants his day in court, but to me, it seems like the strategy has always been, uh, come up with any hurdles uh, possible to, to make sure that you avoid the case going to court so i think that that has been the issue so with the with the with the case in, in the court i think right now basically we are waiting for the court to rule uh, on the rescission uh, application but even that you can you can even if it doesn't succeed there there is a possibility that uh, following the rules of the Department of Correctional Services. He will probably be out uh, by by the end of October. Will will we, we, we'll will get paroled by the end of October. So I think whatever they that he's doing or his supporters through the foundation are doing, the end game is uh, around the issue, uh, the the court case in Peter Marisberg.
0: Mm. He may very well be due for parole soon or shortly. Uh... We, we, do you think that it will take away the clamor for you know, of his supporters for him to be released? In other words, the campaign that they tried to mount?
1: Well, the the campaign will be there. The the What is not certain is what, what would then happen on the ground. I mean, all of us were caught off guard by the level of rioting and looting that happened in July. But I don't think that um, that would happen if the court, let's say, were to were to rule that he stays. uh, The people who lead that movement um, do quietly say that their next hope is that then then they will then be able to, especially now that he has also been hospitalized, that they will be able in October to argue that he should be paroled because he will then be eligible for, for parole by then. So I think that will take away some... Some of the temperature, but you can never know what, 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 what how people will react. But I don't think that the situation will be the same as what we saw in July. He,
0: in 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 a sense, uh, uh, Prof. He he uh, the former president has become something of a of a hot potato. Um, how, if, if, if if you were advising government and the president, you know how would you say that they should they should approach the issue?
2: No, he is certainly a hot potato because you know there's a real danger if he is as critically ill as it is presented. You know that he may die um, in prison, or potentially maybe covered. Um, you know, um, and he may have comorbidities. And let's say he dies in prison. I mean, that really would then be almost a backlash against the president by many uh, by many ANC supporters. So you know, that's one difficult one. The secondly. I mean, if the president decides now, look, you know, let's use uh, his presidential pardon powers, pardon um, the former president. Um, that also will then also weaken um, his own hand within the ANC, uh, but it will also weaken his hand um, in the country itself, because, you know, therefore also uh, people will be uh, outraged to say, well, um, you know, why does the president, uh, former president gets a uh, um, uh, preferential uh, treatment? I think most probably the best option from a political point of view for Sir Ramaphosa and even possibly for the country would be, um, you know, him leaving early on, um, you know, according to the sort of Barrow, uh, protocols and, and decisions. And one can make that argument, you know, to get out before Christmas or, you know, early October, November. Um, that will be, I think, politically from a from a closer point of view, most of it will
0: be the best scenario. Mr. Mm. I noticed that part of the conversation and and, and the agitation uh, by uh, Jacob Zuma supporters uh, has been to link to somehow link uh, the president with the with uh, the former president's imprisonment. Do you think it's a misunderstanding of how the law works, or do you think it's a deliberate uh, political strategy?
1: It's not a misunderstanding of how the the law works. Maybe it may have worked uh, if it was not involving a former president. Zuma has been president himself. He was unable to stop any of the court processes whilst he was in office. So he and his supporters are quite aware of how the system works. I think it is part of an old political strategy that has been employed. I mean when the whole Shapir Sheikh case started in the in around two thousand and three two thousand two two thousand and three um initially the focus was not on on president Mpegi. Uh, initially, the focus was on Zuma saying he was fighting with the scorpions, and then it became Bulela and because Bulan and allegedly had cooperated with the apartheid system and had been a police spy that was the allegation that was being made at the time. But up until around 2005, when it became clear that President Mpegi was going to release Zuma from office, there wasn't a claim that Mbegi was involved in a campaign against Zuma. Then the story changed. So I think even now what we are seeing is that what they saw with the, with this uh, case for the, the court was that this is an opportunity to then say the, all of this is happening because President Ramaphosa wants to destroy President Zuma. So I think they always, the, the strategy is always to, to make legal issues, political cases, hoping that when you fight this battle in the, in the political arena, you will win it there and therefore, the, the, the court case falls away,
0: uh, Prof. I'd, I'd like for you to come in just off the back of what Mr. Mzomi has said about, about about mixing the politics and the and the judicial uh, processes. Hasn't the, the the strategy of finding political solutions been tried and been shown to be ineffective, based based on these very charges that that he's now having to face, uh, former President Zuma.
2: Absolutely. I mean, of course, you know, um, for them, I mean, that really is not, um, the issue for them. The issue is to turn the legal battle into a political, uh, a, a battle and to sow their man as the victim of a political conspiracy, uh, by the current, uh, president and to portray the current president as a ruthless person and the judiciary and the prosecution authorities as, you know, uh, as puppets in the hands of, of President, um, Ramaphosa. I think that really uh, is um, the big, the, you know, the big uh, grand strategy. Um, and they also know, I mean, I know because Damoposa um, as a president, of course, has uh, the power of a presidential pardon. And I think um, Zuma is really pushing for that. Um, you know, he wants that, and that is supposedly the political solution. You must remember during Zuma's presidency, I mean, if you make an analysis of all the people that he pardoned, he pardoned quite a number of people. And he pardoned a lot of his friends, um, during his presidency. I mean, unfortunately, you know, these pardons were not very, were not analyzed publicly as it should have been. Um, so, Ramo, so Zuma would argue and his associates that while since Zuma had been pardoning other people, it is in the, you know, in Ramaphosa's power to give him a presidential pardon, even for the cases, you know, uh, that's coming, that corruption cases that, you know, the big case that he is actually really fighting. Uh,
0: for his life okay may- maybe before we get off the, the 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 subject of the of the former president uh, mr msomi in in the wake of because in the beginning you know in, you know it was said that the, the 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 protests of last month were in in support of him or or in defense of him depending on where one or you know how one perceives the the the, the situation the, the role of the state or the response of the state to what happened last month is it your sense that the state now is in control of the situation? I think it is in a better in a better
1: position to 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 react if if we were to be in the same situation now, but I would not say it is in control because I mean there were specific claims made by by the cabinet by by ministers as to who planned this. Uh, even though sometimes they were not speaking on the record, but they did point fingers at particular circles of people, groups of people. And we've gone now for, I think, more than a month without any action. I mean, all the people who have been arrested are not part of those circles that they were talking about. So I would not say they are fully in control, but I think they will react much better if, if, if there was any trouble, but I just wanted to say something you know, on on this issue around around the the call for for Zuma to be pardoned, which I think was was the pressure that they were trying to to put in in July. Whereas when 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 the protests began, there was a lot of calls from within the ANC, especially in KZN, that the president must pardon Zuma. I think now that call within the ANC has become weakened because at the time they could not uh, jump over the loop of a question that was coming from 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 other people in the ANC to say, but if you say we pardon him for this case which relates to him being in contempt, uh, then what's the point of continuing with the corruption case? Because then if you say he can't go to to, to jail, then therefore there's no point in continuing with the other case. They could not go through that. And I think as a result of that, you haven't had zulu Natal, uh, and the other formal structures supporting a call for Zuma to be pardoned. But the focus now has been on, um, saying, okay, maybe he will get a uh, uh, parole or maybe the court will rule in, in their favor. So, the only people who are now making the call for a pardon, I think, it's just the outside people like this, the the, the Jacob Zuma Foundation and these other supporters who are not really in political structures and therefore do not wield much power.
0: Let us let, go now to the other big story of the week: uh, the unemployment statistics just released by States SA, which show a record jobless jobless rate of uh, thirty four point. Four percent. We are about seven point eight million people who are looking for work and cannot find it. Um, Prof, let's start with you. Uh, Given COVID and the state of our economy, even before COVID uh, arrived, uh, few would have been surprised at the trend.
2: No, absolutely. I mean, I actually uh, expected to see something even worse. I mean, I thought actually. I mean, just from rudimentary, and of course I don't have the sophisticated instruments to measure um, the unemployment, but I mean, I thought it would be 40% and and, and even over. Um, um, So, uh, But I think one take the expanded definition of unemployment is most probably uh, much more. And of course, also, you know, after the looting, um, the the lack of confidence now in the economy has also contributed and, um, um, you know, further... Uh, dampening the economy, and, and we will see it in a couple of months to come. So some, you know, the looting, um, of course, we've seen some of the impact, but we'll see, you know, maybe a month or two months uh, further down the line as companies begin to to solve some of the investment. we um, we so begin to uh, begin to see it. I mean, it's going to be, from the president point of view, that's why we're really going to have to see now some political will, some action and where you will now will have to bring in business or almost like all of society approach um, to deal with uh, unemployment. It, it cannot just be the state because the state doesn't have the capacity on its own um, to deal with this crisis and that kind of um, unemployment, um, which is most probably compared to our peers, our emerging market peers. I mean, this is the worst unemployment anywhere um, if we link it, if we look compared to our emerging market peers. So what we now need is really a brain stress that goes far beyond the ANC um, to try to tackle this.
0: Uh Amso, the, the uh, Prof says that we need we need a almost a uh, a kind of a joint national effort. Uh, to 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 address the question of unemployment, given the politics in our country, do, do, in, in other words, the the different vested interests. You know, he mentioned now government. He mentioned business, but there are also the trade unions uh, in the mix. Do 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 you see us getting to that point anytime soon, where all the key players are able to come together and probably get to, you know, to identifying. The trade-offs and the compromises.
1: Well, I think it's, it is possible. I mean, it's been done before. We had the job summits, I think, in the early two thousands, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, and we've had a number of other summits in in recent years. So I think a get together is not is not a difficult thing. Uh, I think the difficulties are then around. I I I think around the solutions. They are. These big disagreements on what do you need in order to to solve the problem and what are the causes of the problem. I think that that conversation is not happening um, uh, often enough, and I don't think there's there, there there are lots of of agreements there. But I think we are in a crisis situation, and I think part part of the problem in the past is that. Um, our politicians tended to um, focus more on PR and uh, short-term solutions that are not helping us with with dealing with the fundamental problems that lead to uh, structural unemployment. So I think the conversation that has to be to be happening should not be relying on whether the president is gathering people together or not, but it has to be happening in all. Um, sectors of society where we start to say, but this is abnormal. This is something that needs to be resolved. And when you when you put that kind of pressure, I think there would be action. I think what normally happens is that statistics come out. We are all we all act like we are surprised, and then two weeks later we move to the next subject, and therefore it doesn't become um, a point of attention for the nation.
0: And 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 uh, as 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 editor of the of the of the nation's uh, uh, leading newspaper, they, do you believe, from where you're sitting, that government has a credible or, and implementable plan for you know to to deal with the crisis that you've just described?
1: Well, I think government can only just provide a platform and try to harness everyone into a discussion. Like William, I don't believe that the solution will just come from government or from the ruling party. Uh, I think it, it needs more people. I think part of the problem has always been the fact that there, there were those who believed that they had all the solutions. So clearly they don't. You need to find ways of encouraging business under the current conditions to have the confidence to say they will invest more in um, in projects that will create jobs. You need to deal with the issues of how do you supply skilled labour if that is an issue and what sorts of jobs are there for unskilled labour. So I think it's a conversation that includes a whole lot more people than just government and the ruling party.
0: Prof, do, do, do you see that happening anytime soon? I mean, we often refer to, to, to unemployment in the country as a, as a ticking time bomb. But we, we don't seem to act like people who are, who are sitting near or who are threatened by a time bomb.
2: Um, you know we have no choice. We have to do something. And actually, there is actually a mechanism um, where we can what we which is in the president's hands. I mean, we could declare unemployment, for example, an emergency. Um, so in our law, in the new constitution, but it's also in our legislation. If we call something an emergency or disaster. Um, like with COVID-19 now, you know, you then can use all sorts of other methods um, to deal with it. So you could actually almost move out of the state. Um, because if the state and the a ruling party is part of the problem, you know, to get that kind of social pact and a kind of consensus together that goes across society, one could circumvent both of these, you know, both the party and the state, if you're the president, if you call it officially a disaster, because then you can bring in now you know, business and skills and civil society. Um, and he could almost even, almost police the trade unions um, or, or not police, maybe discipline them. So it is possible. I mean, I've actually also looked, I mean, I did a, 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 a paper uh, against, you know, um, for the agency business group um, on whether it is actually possible if, if there's no political will in a party, uh, is there any structures that can drive, for example, you know, the idea of all of society, collaboration to deal with unemployment or any other economic issue. You know, in some countries, actually, there they, they have been. Um, I mean, there have been um, senior officials who could lead um, um, such a, a project if they have the authority and if they are above the party and they have the political support of the president himself and, you know, business and civil society. So, for example, that could be the case that Ramaphosa can maybe try to get... Uh, like you can almost call it a social pack or unemployment envoy, with a really with a stature. I don't know if there's anyone in the ANC with that kind of stature um, to try to drive uh, that kind of a uh, uh, project. Um, I mean, we we really in a crisis. We have to do something because you know if 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 from a self-interest point of view, from the ANC point of view, if they don't deal with it, um, uh, they will lose the uh, the coming elections, whether it's local government elections or national um, elections. Mm.
0: Yeah, let, let let's hope that uh, the, so something does give, you know, because if 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 one looks at uh, what what the national development plan said, and one looks at uh, the previous numbers, you know, of of the of, of the previous the, the numbers of the previous quarter, uh, the the trend is unmistakable as to what. Uh, where we are headed to in terms of uh, the crisis of of unemployment, but uh, that's all we have time for this week on the Sunday Times Politics Weekly. Um, and I'd like to thank our guests uh, for this week's conversation, uh, Temi Zomsomi, who is the editor of the Sunday Times, as well as William Gumeje, who's associate professor at the school of governance at this university and by the way you can find uh, a podcast of this conversation of iono.fm on spotify on google podcast on apple podcast or wherever you prefer to source your pro your podcasts until next time stay safe sanitize wear the mask and avoid crowded places i'm mike siluma signing off